I V M. Welcome to All Things Policy, a daily podcast supported by Pragati, a flagship media initiative of the Takshashila Institution. We're a bunch of policy nerds based in Bengaluru, and we like to bring a fresh perspective to Indian affairs and an Indian perspective to global affairs. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us for today's chat. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of All Things Policy. I'm your host Suman for. today and today i am discussing a very important topic which is education specifically in the context of post covid amongst many other things an area that saw most impact was education we saw that you know children staying away from school especially in india since we had the toughest lockdown measures and probably harshest school opening norms etc created this caused a severe impact on learning levels across all children but this effect of this covid 19 was more pronounced across as with everything else it was more pronounced in poorer sections of society among girls in the poorer sections and lower other social economic classes so post covid what have been some of the policy responses what have we focused enough on bringing the children back to speed with learning outcomes to discuss i mean one of the important uh, interventions that we have seen one of the few interventions that we have seen from the states is from tamil nadu and the scheme or the policy intervention was called ilam tedi kalvi i don't know if i'm pronouncing right but we'll call it itk for now and it gives us in policy design it gives us important lessons in program implementation to discuss this i have with me my colleague sarthak and uh, we will be summarizing and taking from a working paper which is titled covid-19 learning loss and recovery it presents panel data evidence from india and it is authored by abhijit singh mauricio romero and kartik motlivara hi sarthak welcome to the show hi suman yeah thanks for having me here just to summarize a few salient features of the program Firstly, it was an emergency response in terms of bringing the kids back to speed. It was piloted first in October 2021, and um, it went on to full mode in about December 2021, and it's expected to go on till 2023. I mean, recognizing the need to bring children up, recognizing the learning losses that happened during COVID-19, this was an after-school intervention. and the important part of this uh, program was that it was volunteer driven in the sense that volunteers were enlisted to be part of this program uh, after going through um, a few you know requirements to be eligible for uh, being a volunteer they were given enough um, teaching learning materials and broad directions from so suman so since we are talking about the learning losses right now few things are kind of uh, relevant here i think what was the problem that this particular scheme is trying to address right even before the pandemic there were inequalities when it comes to education right and as you rightly mentioned there are inequalities because of the class situation maybe because of gender divide whatever all those things are there so before the pandemic already you have inequality and during the time of the pandemic the kind of methods that were used for education right it would have led to a situation where those who are maybe better off they would have had access to education uh, or at least they would have a better access to education as compared to those who are from let's say the weaker sections of society 
but another aspect is there learning is something which is kind of incremental right it builds on what you have learned but if someone is not able to access different kinds of learning material or is not able to access teaching lessons maybe so in future also the learning will get impacted right so the impact of learning loss during the pandemic some of these impact if you are not addressing it over a period of time right in the next 5 years 10 years you will realize that the gap has increased further right so and it might result in uh, uh, different ways right it might lead to skill deficit later on or it might lead to the wages while also vary maybe right so i think this program also not not only this program different kinds of interventions have been there but the focus is this right how do you uh, reduce the inequality that was possibly created during pandemic and how do you also address the inequality that might result in future yeah yeah so uh, the other thing that i was you know that came to mind suddenly was that because it is foundational learning programs that we are talking about you know primary school and uh, such programs the law learning loss that occurs in these levels will have an outsized effect towards in the higher levels right you might actually yeah. because they cannot keep up with this kind of learning you might actually see a higher dropout rate at, as they go to higher classes so it's, yeah. it was very important that we had an intervention that would fix learning losses here. and again the impact of the pandemic was just not in terms of not being able to go to school a lot of people because they lost livelihoods they had to pull mm-hmm. kids out of school and put them to work and all of that so all of those things have just exacerbated the whole situation and the need for it was recognized well in this intervention i guess and because you had to put this program to you know into place quickly i think the volunteer driven model is what you know they came up with Right? Yeah. yeah. So Suman I think it is not exactly a volunteer driven model maybe but uh, because uh, those who were participating in the program they were also getting some amount of money right mm-hmm. again some 1000 rupees per month so yeah it was more a community driven thing i would say but there were some okay. incentives also true volunteers yeah. typically think, right they don't get paid for uh, the work they do yeah that's a good point yeah and also the communication of the program itself was widely uh, you know uh, publicized and it actually made people aware and it made people who enrolled for the program actually show up for these after school intervention classes that were there so that was another highlight of this whole program and it sat well or it was coordinated with the rest of the school learning system as such so that was one of the you know, those are some of the features of the program if yeah. you would like also i mean there was some amount of cent- i mean though it is something which is being led by the community as such but there was some amount of centralization because at the central level not central here refers to the uh, state government level they are coming up with some policy guidelines so some minimum amount of again framework was also there but yeah i mean the members of the community at the local levels they were imparting education and this was after the this was basically remedial measures after the school hours also another aspect that i saw was most of these uh, people who chose to be part of the program they were mostly women i guess though, though there was no such uh, mandatory yeah. requirement but yeah, most of them were women i think and women who had some basic amount of education and some of some of them even had college education yeah i think so second order effect of the thing was that more women i mean it led to some kind of 
I, we wouldn't call it empowerment, but at least something to you know encourage women within local communities. Right? Yeah. So, so Suman, what is the assessment of the program, right? So, this is these are the features. But how did they assess? How did the authors they assess the program? Uh, what was the measure they used, and what was the finding? Yeah. I mean, uh, going through the paper, the the assessment method was basically a baseline test of 2019. In 2021, when uh, in in December when schools opened, so basically tested, before the pandemic, they had some. They already did some survey, and uh, they, they had, had some findings. Yeah, and then they tested people when schools reopened in 2021 December. And after this, there were tests that were administered over three survey waves between December 2021 and May 2022. Hmm. So each student was revisited once in 2021, and all of this was randomized within each village. So yeah. and all have, these things are at the primary okay. school level. Yes, this is primary school. Okay, so what the study did was it first quantified learning losses. It uh, showed the pace of recovery by comparing December 2021 to May 22. And it showed recovery for variation by socioeconomic classes and variation by age. Okay. And also, it, you know, it tried to evaluate the effectiveness of this COVID recovery intervention in you know, primary school age. So basically, if I compare the December 2021 levels with the baseline levels, right? So mm-hmm. how much was the learning loss? So it was, it must, there must have been some learning loss to make the recovery, right? So did they find out what was the learning loss as compared to the 2019 levels? Yeah, the first, they looked at students between five and seven years of age, did see huge learning losses. I mean, they speak about 0. 0.7, 0. 0.34 standard deviation in mathematics. I mean, this was confined to math and uh, language, that is Tamil. And again, I mean, this learning loss that occurred is equivalent to one or two years of schooling. That huge loss of uh, learning was what was observed. You're talking of a student losing an equivalent of one to two years in the entire schooling year. Okay, so that is big. And this learning loss, again, was significantly greater for older children because their foundational mm. concepts itself are not good. And for children mm. without high school educated mothers. So we all know that greater the education of the mother in the family or the parents in the family, the li- greater the likelihood of your educational outcomes being better. So. Clearly, if you did not have an educated mother at home, and this actually worsened for you. So the learning loss was re- uh, regressive and it changed with significantly with socioeconomic uh, gradients, you know, all that that we put together. So And the next survey that they had, like due after the yeah. intervention, right? It showed a recovery. Yeah. yeah, it showed a rapid catch up in learning within four to five months of school reopening for children. And... Um, Two-thirds of the learning losses documented in December 2021 was actually made up for by May 2022. Okay? And this, the recovery also was uh, larger in proportion for children from more disadvantaged backgrounds, which means that if a child came from a more disadvantaged background, the catch-up also was more for the person because of the intervention that happened. Now, what could be the cause of the catch-up? I mean... I don't know if we can attribute everything to the program. Uh, do you think there could be other reasons that we could, you know, actually attribute to this? 
Mm, yeah, I, I mean, in fact, the authors, I think they have also mentioned that a part of it may be because of natural catch up because schools are opening and they're going, uh, the students are going and they're learning over there. But at the same time, some part of it will definitely be attributed to the teachers and schools and some part to the program itself, right? The remedial learning program. So we cannot exactly attribute, I think, how much of it is because of that. But yeah, multiple yeah. things are at um, play. But whatever be the thing, the final outcome is there is some amount of recovery. The authors suggest that half of the learning losses would have been made up even without the program. The program actually two-thirds. Okay, that is, see, these were the uh, findings of the program. You outlined the salient features of the program. Um, we'll take a short break now. After the break, we'll come back to discuss some of the implications or some of the, you know, other larger implications of the program, probably also some limitations of the program. Yeah, so we'll see you after that. Welcome back. We are discussing a working paper that titled COVID-19, Learning Loss and Recovery by Bijit Singh, Mauricio Romero and Karthik Murugan of the RICE organization. Yeah. And the first, in this first part, we discussed the intervention in Tamil Nadu and we are talking about, we move to implications for other policies. So what is, uh, Satak, what are your top of the mind um, yeah. Yeah. So a couple of things that kind of seem interesting here, they kind of strike out. So one is usually, right, when we think of education, right, what should be the approach towards education? So usually there is this perception that government should be providing for education. It should be directly involved in education. Here also, to a large extent, it is the government which is uh, intervening in the Driving education sector, but they have found some different alternate models here, right? So when we have those different kinds of things that government do, here they have again figured out a way by which they are creating incentives and uh, through those incentives, they're able to achieve the right kind of outcomes. And the second thing here, when it comes to the outcome, what strikes me is it is very cost effective. In fact, the authors have also pointed out that the total cost is around some 2000 crores, I guess, but it is able to help some 3.3 million students improve their learning outcomes, which seems to be a very cost effective solution. And they have done some estimates as well, right? How much does a government teacher get paid and how much are these people who are part of the community, right? Who are providing these remedial education, they're getting paid. There is a massive difference. So at the the cost that you are incurring and the learning improvement that you have, right, that is massive. So in terms of cost effectiveness also, I think there is uh, something that we can learn from it. Apart from that, if you look at the different education policies that we have, most of them, in fact, take right to education, for example, many of them are input driven, right? So what kind of infrastructure you should have and all those things, they're all very strictly, uh, you have to add to that. But this particular intervention that you see does not necessarily talk about that, but rather the focus, I mean, the focus is on outcome maybe. So here is a learning also, right? Many of the policies that we have had in the past, which are all input driven policy, maybe inputs do have a role to play because inputs get converted into outputs, which in turn gets converted into outcome, but only focusing on the inputs might not get you the results, right? So maybe we should start thinking about uh, outcomes as well. And this is one of the policy which seems to provide for very good learning outcomes. 
another thing that comes to my mind here is there are different kinds of problems out there right we divide problems into different types uh, societal problems government failures market failures and we keep on saying that samaj sarkar bazaar they all have to come together right so this is also here one of the thing that you notice is to a large extent right the community has participated in the process um, the government is definitely initiating the policy it's not completely a samaj driven thing also the government has come up with some policy guidelines but again the people who are providing for this remedial education they are from the local communities they are contextualizing what has to be taught they are possibly taking into consideration the challenges that the members uh, in that local area face so uh, that way also it seemed uh, interesting and apart from this again this is something that should happen more often maybe our focus when it comes to education has been primarily on getting more students enrolled into the education system right uh, the focus has been on gross enrollment rates right how do you increase it? and that and that's that's nothing wrong because at some point of time our gross enrollment rates were also very less kids were not even attending school and those who were attending they were dropping out but now the gross enrollment rates have consistently increased over time at the primary level you have like more than 99% of kids getting enrolled so we have to focus on quality but how do you ensure that the quality of learning is there for that you need to have data at regular intervals right learning outcomes should be measured consistently and then only you can find out whether kids are learning things or not right so and this is something which is not measured yeah the yeah. does some it does that, that but is. it is not a government initiative right it's something which is driven by uh, again not for profit sector so uh, maybe right so in this case here again uh, they had some surveys Uh, in 2019 and after that the researchers they are doing it but maybe we need to have these kind of studies more often maybe from the side of the government regular monitoring should be there and uh, that way only you can know which direction uh, you are moving right so sure. these are yeah. some of the uh, i mean top level insights i think are there from this particular policy intervention yeah the other point i had in mind was that this uh, intervention seems to be uh, on a mission mode you know you hmm. start you yeah. started in december you end in thing what will it take for it to be on a continuous mode first of all do we need it to be on a continuous mode and if yes what does it take you know state hmm. capacity yes but what more does it need to be on a continuous mode that that is a question that has come to mind for me yeah in fact adding to this suman so at this point of time uh, again they have i mean there has been some recovery in the learning losses but you don't know whether these are permanent or not right so yeah. maybe you need to have these interventions later on as well right oh, you no. have to repeat these interventions you don't know that another thing is already you have had these inequalities when it comes to learning right in 2019 or in fact before 2019 also you had these differences yeah. so if you have to address this then you can use this intervention maybe but this has to be for sustained duration right and you don't know whether this is as scalable right and also this is something which worked in tamil nadu i'm not sure whether other places also the same thing will work true yeah it needs you know certain push from the government as also a certain level of involvement from the communities 
Yeah, um, and yeah, also so, uh, the kind of interventions that the government did, which led to the uptake of this, right? As you mentioned, people also people heard about it at some point, and those who heard, most likely, they also sent their kids. Uh, so again, all these things. It's not just about only the teaching bit, right? Apart from that, the other bits which nudges people to take it up are also equally relevant. Maybe true, true. It's not just good enough that you have a good policy on paper. Communication of that policy and driving those policy needs or the policy initiatives are as important as the policy itself, right? Yeah, uh, that's what we have. But a last point that I had is that. Uh, when we analyze government policies, when we analyze anything the government does, we tend to be a little, put them under the scanner a little more and tend to be more skeptical. This, I mean, while that skepticism is good, this stands out or this comes across as one of those policy interventions that has positive repercussions for everybody and as also something that, you know, we can look towards as uh, something to be hopeful about. So if the government actually makes up its mind and if people come together, it's not an impossible feat. Nothing is impossible. So um, there are a lot of positives to be taken from this uh, interesting exercise, I think. But we'll wait and watch to see yeah so yeah i mean uh, thanks for pointing this out but so we need to appreciate the policy successes but at the same time we should be aware of what was the objective of this what was the problem right and on that basis we should evaluate it right so here again the focus was you know what was the focus the focus was on primary school children who have possibly had learning losses during the pandemic and that is where the government is intervening and you are measuring it but it need not necessarily be the solution to everything right so what is the objective of the policy it should be clearly demarcated maybe and on that basis the evaluation should be there and i'm specifically mentioning this because this was focused on primary school learning losses right this particular policy is not talking about losses in let's say secondary education or higher education all those things we don't know and i don't know whether we have had any intervention in tamil nadu or in others in some other places to mitigate for that so again when you do these evaluations you have to be very very careful and for that you have to ensure that the objectives are clearly mentioned uh, when it comes when governments uh, come up with these policies Sure. Or else, so again, much. measurement and all these things become slightly difficult. Yes, that's uh, on that note, I think we should um, uh, wrap this up. Thanks so much, Sarfat, for being on the show. Thank you for listening, everybody. We'll wrap it up. Thanks. Thank you. If you liked our show, don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network. You can tune into them on the IVM podcast app ivmpodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts you can also follow ivm on social media the handle is at ivm podcasts on twitter facebook and instagram and hey if you'd like to dive into takshashila's research on technology strategy and economic affairs check us out at our twitter handle at takshashila inst or our website takshashila.org.in